This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What up? Actually, not not to show off, but coming at you from from a beach house in Florida for me this week. <laughs> oh, pretty must good. Be nice, buddy. Well, I'm we still... had the the gender reveal, so the family wanted to make it a thing. I, you know, th- these gender reveals, dude. I mean, I want to get like more into things that other people are into, right? Let's say there's just something that you're not that excited about, and but it's like an event that happens in the town, you know? Well, like what's what's one of the things in Bozeman that happens? The Pea Festival or whatever it's called. Sweet Pea. Yeah, yeah. Didn't care for it. Don't care for a bunch of stalls and some juggling <laughs> and some music. It's like I fine, nice wooden bowls. I don't want to be that grumpy guy, but it's like, I don't, I don't get, but so many other people do, right? People love that. People love it. And, and, and if it's someone you care about, you want to get into it. And it was a lot like this. I just saw with the gender reveal that it was like, oh, we got to plan this. And then some people have to set this up. And then it's just this potentially for me, it just seems like a headache, like something, if it goes wrong, everyone's disappointed and it's like the baby's going to be whatever the baby is going to be. It's like, well, we'll find out. I get that. I get it. But also, isn't it for the women? It's kind of like a baby shower thing, too. I mean, come on. It's yeah, for the am women. I just, am they, I just they being love a grumpy, grumpy old man with this one? Or? Yeah, it's just the way it is, dude. It's just gender, gender reveals. I don't think the, the, the guys care that much. The husbands typically don't care. And, you know, maybe it was I'm not wrong. a male idea. It's not a male idea. On that. And that's fine. So we do it for the women. Just like these, you know, this happened when we had a, our son, before we had our son, when my ex was had, a, you know, the baby shower. Oh, it's got to be, a, you know, for both guys and girls, right? I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to invite any of my friends to a baby shower. Isn't that for women only, mostly? I don't know. I'm not trying to be this macho guy. i just not into it. I don't need to go to the baby shower. I thought... <clears throat> that's for women when they, you know, it it just seems like a thing that women do. 
I wasn't into yeah. it. I didn't feel like inviting other guy friends of mine. But that's a thing now. You got to include everybody, Adam. Okay. I'm into it, and we should, right? I'm just trying <laughs> to understand it, and mostly I'm just trying to minimize problems, right? I just want. It's like, hey, there's enough going on. Let's not make this more complicated. Anyway, welcome to the Mansplaining Podcast with Todd and I, mm. where we where we where we explain things poorly because we don't know what we're talking. Well, about. whatever. Just I, maybe some men love baby <laughs> showers, and that's okay too. But I just sat there and drank, and you know, you talk to people, and you do it for you do it for your your woman friend or whoever is having the baby. That's that's who it's for. It was it was actually kind of fun. There was fireworks. I was into that. There you go. So throw in some man shit. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right, So who we go this week? Go for it, buddy. Matt Reif. Matt Reif. He's hilarious. Dude, he, um, so back in 2016, when I was doing stand-up in LA, um, he, um, I don't think we ever did the same show lineup, but uh, he was definitely on, um, uh, like playing in a different room or I'd seen him do stand up a bunch of times. He was like in the circles. He, he already had a big um, Instagram. That was one thing about him. Cause he's like super handsome. So he had, uh, he was around like maybe a hundred thousand mm-hmm. then as, as kind of an open mic. So he had a lot of momentum behind him and that got him on good shows. But you know, from any interaction that I briefly saw, on the periphery, he, w- he was just like this. Always very genuine, nice guy. People really liked him. Pretty humble, you know. And it, and it weirdly kind of doesn't fit how he looks. It's like often that that can kind of bring like a real douchey type mm. energy. He mm-hmm. just never had that. He was no, just not at like all. he's a pretty sweet dude <clears throat> and very funny. He was always a funny guy. Has his crowd work always been that good? Isn't I mean that's what he's known for, right? I mean, just killing <laughs> yeah, no, the crowd. I mean, crowd work is something developed. You know, he he when he was an open mic, he was just telling jokes. You know, like yeah. everyone does. But if you lean into that, it's kind of like the school of thinking that like Andrew Schultz does. You know, he really works a lot of crowd work. Chappelle's always like that. Um, it's the best way to get really comfortable with stand-up and and right. matt's done a great job leaning into it it's a brave thing to do um and obviously it develops your skills really effectively because there's there's like different schools of thought too there's some people that are like purists and joke writers so they really don't want the distraction of the crowd you know they don't want to get into it they they shy away from it and then they just really focus on their jokes and you know, th- there's a great avenue to get very good at comedy doing that too. Um, but I think that you you want to, you you know, I would always recommend pushing in any direction, right? Mm-hmm. If there's something you're less comfortable with, lean into it for a bit. See what happens. You don't know what kind of comedy your skills you'll develop if you do that. And if, for people like Schultz, Andrew Schultz, I mean, wow. It's like, Dude, you could just plop him in the center of any party in the country, and he would just, you know, roast half the people and and just go to town. It's a, it's kind of like free material. And a lot of times in a comedy set when you're watching it, really good crab work is like your favorite part of it because mm. it just seems very genuine. Yep. 
and absolutely it's it, like what's it. more fun because and you know it's off the cuff so you you can tell you it just makes you realize how much more fun a live show is i think when when people are doing crowd work you know yeah well well think about harlan williams when oh, we were dude. at uh, the comedy mothership unreal now you had you had seen him on some shows and you were like oh he's kind of funny and but remember it's like you watch you're thinking of him in terms of the movies he's been in totally right? doesn't really represent his stand well and he's always kind of weird in those movies right mm-hmm yeah He's always a weirdo. They make him like the creepy guy working at a gas station or something because <laughs> exactly. he's just so odd. Um, but but one thing he did at the Comedy Mothership that was really impressive is it seemed like he was doing crowd work because he would ask someone's name and then he would like focus attention on them. And then he would just rip on them with these like off the ball, off the wall comments yeah, but if you really think of what he was doing, he he already had that stuff lined up. It didn't really matter how they responded; he was completely able to control like the moment. Because he's like, "Hey, do you mind just smashing your head down on your table? I don't want to look at your face anymore." Mm. It's like he he already has that in the bag. It doesn't matter who the person is or totally. what they do. Genius. Yeah, stuff. he knew he knew what he was gonna say. So yeah, that was that was crowd work specifically for for a routine that he had already done a million times, right? If but when was. you see it and live, it, it's hilarious. But he also did another thing that was very funny is he'd ask someone what they do, and if they came back at him like, "Oh, I work in account accounting," if it was just something that he just didn't think he could build off, mm -hmm. he'd be like all right, boring, and then just go jump straight right. to the next person. He right. didn't waste any time. Which is so smart because he's just waiting for somebody to say the right thing that he already has one-liner for lined up, ready to go. A hundred percent. You think Rife does that too? Probably. I mean, yeah. you know, he's newer to the game. I mean, Holland is OG. He's been he's doing so stand-up for 30-plus years. Matt's obviously much newer, but, you know, and, and also – he's still in the practice of really expanding his skill set. And, right. you know, he probably would push himself and try and pull something good out of a boring topic just to see if he could, right? It's like yeah. a challenge. Um, it, that's how people get better. You know, they don't right. shy away from it. It's like, this is the topic you're given. Tough. Figure it out. Make it funny. Very right. hard to do. And, right. I, and I respect that. Well, let's 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 get into the notes for a second here. We got I didn't realize he was an insomniac, okay? That is I just cannot imagine. My mother was an insomniac, it drove her crazy. How do you go on day in day out, especially when you're on the road and not sleep? I mean, it, that is just unbelievable. So, poor well, he guy. Didn't, he didn't he didn't look tired. No. He didn't act tired. Maybe he's that used to it, but my God, the toll that that must be taken on him. Unreal. What did he say he did? He did nine days straight once without sleeping. I can't even fathom that. <laughs> you got you would you would start hallucinating for sure after day like three of of non sleep. And it's not like he's not trying to do things. The guy's in great shape, so he's clearly working out a ton, which yeah. is definitely recommended if you're not sleeping well. One reduces stress. Two, your body runs more efficiently. And three, it should be tiring you out so you can get some fucking sleep. Totally. Doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, Doesn't so seem to be working. I hope Poor he guy. figures it out, man. Put Give him some CBD or some different kind of weed. I don't know. I don't know how to help him, but I hope he figures it out. 
Uh, well, he smoked a shitload of weed on that podcast. Yes, they did. Rogan, yes. and he kept it together. So he's obviously used to that. But maybe, you know, maybe that helps him kind of calm down. I mean, look, at the end of the day, <clears> it's <throat> mostly anxiety. Totally. That is going to do that. But he right? said so he wasn't anxious. Going on. He said he wasn't. So that that's hard to believe. What? It's hard to believe that he's not anxious? Exactly. He was he was blaming like, it on his mind always moving a hundred times faster than you know as people are yeah. talking or at as he's sleeping, which in my mind is a very ADHD issue, but not being able to turn off his brain when he tries to go to sleep. He's always thinking about a joke or he's you know thinking about something random for no reason, like you know why? <laughs> what was he talking about? Otters and you know, ghosts and mermaids. I mean, the guy clearly thinks about yeah, yeah. random shit all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, and and look, maybe it is just like such excitement for life that yeah. he's just always in the state of thinking. But, you know, I'm not a fucking psychologist. I don't know. But it, it does sound a little bit like there's there's some anxiety there. I mean, look, there's a lot of pressure on a young guy that's as popular as he is, millions of views on YouTube and and right. Tons of followers on Instagram. He's blowing up. He's touring everywhere. You know, doesn't drink. So he's really working hard to keep himself focused. Fair play to him. Nice work. And it's just a lot of pressure. So maybe <clears throat> totally. Maybe it just take a bit of time to kind of ease into it. Well, and he said himself. Though, he said himself and he'd rather have a family in the nineties, right? He's like, I wish I was born in sixty two. To me, that makes me think that he's anxious all the time he doesn't he, he said to himself he hates social media right he can't stand yep. it but he appreciates it and obviously this tiktok game is stellar because that's how he's gotten so many fans right i mean including because he's also funny and good looking so obviously that helps but he's he's hilarious but without that Without the social media game that he's had, and he didn't mention if anyone was helping him do it, I think he's been doing it all on his own. He seems like a self-taught yeah. guy in that respect, and fuck yeah. I mean, good for him, but he says he hates it. He just can't stand yeah. it. So to me, that that seems like there's a lot of anxiety there, right? Whether whether he wants to admit it or not, with his, I mean, there's a bit of an ego war going on there in my mind, you know? How yeah, could he, he not? Did, yeah. It's like he, he probably, I mean, he's doing the smart thing is what it sounds like. Trying to stay away from him as much as you can. Like, right. that's way too much attention for people to be having. It's a lot of attention to deal with. And the more the more you can separate from like, all right, post a funny video and then walk away from it. Right. right. He said he's not on TikTok all day. He doesn't use it, but he just posts and, and ghosts. Right. Good. It's probably a smart move. You know, you've yeah. got to stay a bit disconnected otherwise. I mean, he he also mentioned it with his touring. You know, right now he's touring so hard that how is he going to write his new hour? Right. Because all it's going to be is, like you, you know, how many times have we heard comedians do like airport jokes, right? Or being mm -hmm. on a plane. It's like all of them have done it. And it's because at some point in their career, that's mostly what they're doing is going to shitty hotels, right? crummy comedy clubs, and being away from everybody and going on flights. Right. So it's like, where do I even find my jokes? I'm not True. even having experiences. That's why you the know, crowd, the crowd, uh, you know, crowd work. That's where that 
comes in because yeah you can't just talk about the same thing over and over and over and when you're on the road you're doing the same shit and especially if he doesn't drink i mean where do you get your stories from the bar is he still going to the bars and just not drinking you gotta you gotta get some stories there it sounded like he he doesn't really go out you know like he talked about how a club will be like hey we're gonna host you and set you up and this is gonna be awesome and a bunch of people can see you and he just kind of wants to go go home go to sleep yeah and or whatever try to sleep try to sleep try try to sleep (laughs) lay lay still in bed for a while definitely gave uh gave rogan some shit about playing video games quake 2 that was funny (laughs) yeah he definitely thought rogan was a nerd for that he's like what such a nerd what are you doing that such a nerd and I mean, it's just uh, anything that you can like competition that you can get obsessed about. I mean, Rogan's going to be on it, dude. It's why he always tells Jamie he doesn't want to play golf. Mm. Of course, you got to be careful, man. If you're like that kind of obsessive nature, it's like you almost don't want to find things you're going to be interested in because it's going to take up so much of your time. Uh, it takes away from so many other things that you need to be doing. Right. Yeah, or maybe it adds a skill that's really useful, but you can get maxed out. And when you have a family, you gotta be real careful about that, obviously. Right. You gotta you gotta find some some relaxing. What do you think about his ghost hunting mm. and like being into that? So he's that's gone cool. like kind of all over the world with this. Yeah, seems way into it. Yeah. I think it's great, man. Look, I believe in ghosts. I've had some experiences <laughs> with ghosts, not gonna lie. My ex was a medium, basically, when she got drunk. I'm not kidding. I used to think it was bullshit, and then I had some experiences where, you know, you feel cold, right? You're, like, walking up. You're in, like, an old building, and you're walking up some stairs, or an old hotel is where I had an experience where I got really cold, and it was, like, middle of August, super hot outside, and I just felt this really cold air, and then she told me that a ghost was talking to her. And anyways, I've had I've had experiences where I was freaking out and i felt yeah. the presence of something else whatever that is something was going on and so i get it i get that it would be cool i sure as fuck wouldn't want to go into some old haunted place and sit around with those little efts or whatever those are called the sound machine things no way dude I, that shit freaks me out i'm not i'm yeah. not trying to i'm not trying to hear ghosts you know on purpose like why why I felt like Rogan had a good kind of theory when it came to what was happening. And it was almost like, okay, so you take someone that believes a lot in this and you put them in a house and it almost opens this like frequency or a portal for anything that they're there. It's like, it's like they're more tuned in to the ability to perceive what's happening or maybe the ghosts have a better opportunity of like speaking to them because of some like wavelength that they both tuned into. Whereas if you take a skeptic or someone that just is not thinking about ghosts at all, and then all of a sudden it gets a bit cold, they're like, Oh, there must be a window open. Mm. It's just like, you just immediately don't think about it. And there's no connection for, even if there is an entity there for them to kind of show themselves right i mean obviously it's all theories and whatever but that one i i kind of liked it's like it's almost like voodoo it can't affect you if you don't believe in it Mm. it's just like stuff going on you're like whatever yeah i hard to say because i i am a believer in ghosts because i have had those experiences for sure you know felt 
a presence, definitely. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't un- I don't understand the the want or the need to go search for it, especially if you already believe in it. It's like okay, are you just trying to scare yourself. It's not a, a happy just- experience when a ghost when you, at least in my experience, I've never was stoked that I <laughs> that I felt another presence. It fucking freaked me out. It probably, but it could be real exciting, right? It's oh, probably yeah. probably like a, adrenaline-fueled, like, whoa, what was that noise? And then, like, yeah. you got a group of people there that are really into it. Totally. I mean, you know, you could just... I remember one time I was in New Mexico, and we went out to this land near Moriarty, which is, like, out in the sticks, and it's where we went to high school. And we went up to this area of land. I guess one of the guys I was with, we were with, like, a lot of the guys on the football team. And so like big dudes for high school and, you know, which you'd imagine like they're the brave ones. Right. Mm. So there was a lot of that, like bro energy going on. And we go up to this old, like little house that was probably like 60 years old. Nobody lived there. It was tiny. You know, it was like something that you'd imagine is just like on a tiny ranch and it's where somebody lived in the freaking dust bowl or whatever. So we go up to this house it looked creepy as hell. It's nighttime. And we walk up and we're like, oh, yeah, it's like we're kind of getting in the energy of like, man, imagine people that lived here. I wonder if people died here. Like we're kind of like scaring each other, but it's yeah. high school stuff. Yeah. And then one of the big football players like kicks the door to open it. Right. And the door opens and there's this pause. And then all of a sudden the door just slams on us. Ooh. And I mean, it. Dude, it slammed. Nice. I I have never seen these guys who were like the biggest dudes in high school shit themselves so hard. <laughs> it was hilarious. That's great. They ran like a poltergeist was going to kill them. Love that. Nobody would go back to the house. We were like hiding behind these bushes, which was ridiculous. Anyway, five minutes goes by. We actually walk back over to the house because like now we want to see what it was. Turns out it was an old mattress frame like a bed frame uh, up against the door so what happened is as it kicked the door just the slammed mattress, it right back the the bed frame just kind of leant back and then it was so heavy it rocked forward again it was just the timing on it was just so gotcha but it but it kind of showed something to me it was like everyone was already in the ready to be spooked out kind of totally um, energy so we were looking for anything to scare us. So yeah. it only had to be something that was just a little bit off and we could just expand it out. I mean, we were fucking sure there was like yeah. a ghost in there for a second. Yeah, because the timing, the way you the way you kicked it open, it didn't just slam right back. It actually took a second. Mm-hmm. So it seemed realistic. The timing Dude, was, the was door, correct. The door opened a bit and stopped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then just went, <laughs> crap. Oh, nice. Yeah. That so I awesome. get it. I get the excitement and like wanting to do it. I, I, I guess just because he's like, how old is this guy? Uh, we talking like Matt Rife? He's like twenty eight. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's it, maybe it's just like the age <clears throat> thing that I'm like, all right, still in the ghosts, huh? Yeah, twenty eight. He's twenty eight. I mean, like I said, well, there's worse things you could do with your time. I'm sure. It's all know? good. It's all good. I if just he, hope the guy can like figure out how to sleep and. Well, probably stop hunting ghosts, and you might be able to sleep a little bit. All right, so I, 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 we need to touch on this before we move on. But uh, go ahead. This whole 
We need to make lying impossible before the digital currency. That's a big oh, one. Genius. We got to figure this out. How do we figure out how to know if people are lying or not? I mean, once that happens, that's that's going to change the world. Can't wait. Can't wait for that to actually happen because, man, if we know that people are lying and we have mind-reading software, that is going to change so much corruption in this world. I, it's almost scary how much that would change things. And I, you know, I know well, that, Rogan's talked about this a lot. It was a genius idea. I don't know if this is Rogan's idea or if like Elon is feeding him this or other people are, but it makes a lot of sense. It's like, we're going to be duped with a bunch of bullshit agendas that we can't feed, you know, we can't kind of work through if we don't have the ability to be like, okay, somebody tells you something, you get to plug into a machine some AI system and it's like there's a 78% chance this person has an agenda and what they're saying is bullshit. Mm, love that. It's just going to it's just going to wreck people's ability to manipulate others for their own doings, you know? And th there's still going to be plenty of room for error, you know? For example, like take flat earthers. Some yeah. of them might 100% think they're telling the truth and Absolutely. believe it. Right. It doesn't make what they're talking about true. It's just they believe it. Right. So you can at least trust that they're not lying, even if their information is not that accurate. Well, but that's a better place to be in than somebody that's truly trying to manipulate a system. And then they're telling you, oh, yeah, you got to do this and that and vote this way. And, you know. Well, you think about. Sense? In my mind, there's so many politicians out there who are just lying through their teeth all the time to get votes. And as yeah. soon as we can tell if they're actually telling the truth or not, it, and we're actually fact-checking those things with a non-biased fact-checking software, or maybe it's just a part of the software that is now connected to our brains, just like phones are in our hands 24-7. Yeah. Keep expanding should on be, this point. It should be rest. interesting, though, man. It's like, it just, it could really change the way the world operates. I mean, he, he's always talking about how, Rogan's always talking about how if you could end wars, you know, it would be easy to end wars if you weren't making money off a of war. But if you are to know, if everyone knows that, you know, given $80 billion to whichever war we're trying to start, if we just know that that's to make money from contractors and the rebuilding of society gets a little scary uh, in a good way. I mean, I think it's interesting and it's going to be fun to see. Um, it's going to be fun to yeah, see I mean, what happens. Dude, Neuralink. Well, first off, I have to apologize if my mic picked up any of that pain. Um, <laughs> but the I didn't hear it. Neuralink is now in uh, human trials. Awesome. So I don't know if like his ultimate goal is to make like an honesty machine, but I've got a feeling that the capabilities of Neuralink extrapolated out over time. It's like, it's endless what it could do. Like we're talking like record your dreams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Love that. Like analyze your thinking. Like imagine if there's a time where you could put on a headset and it's like, it gives you a, like a, a readout 
it's like you are 65% pessimistic mm. and your goals are not organized well. Right. And right. you're quite negative. It like just gives you a real readout of the state of being that you are. It's like that could be possible and it might be super useful. It's like you don't have to choose to like always listen to it, but it's like giving you clues on your behavior. Yeah, I'd be good. Hopefully, hopefully it helps. I mean, look, there's always ways we can use technology to help or hurt us, right? It's yeah, it's uh, it's been like that forever. You know, you could yeah. you could use technology to make a bomb or, you know, get rid of bombs, and or you could make technology such as OnlyFans that takes in <laughs> two billion dollars oh, a year. Oh yeah, which is also something they touched on, and it's like, wait a minute, how much? 2.5 billion, I believe it was. I think it was 2.5. Let me see what my notes my say. God, yeah. only fans. In one year, they brought in 2.5 billion. They only take 10%. That's still a lot of money. That's still 250 yeah. mil. Yeah. Just to mostly mm. look at people's butts <clears throat> and feet. I'm into it. Last thing I want to touch on with that one, they talked about cult leaders. Um, you know, a cult leader is like someone that wants control over others yeah i think and mostly like they're, they're problematic cults exist they usually end up being poorly designed they fuck everyone's wives mm. um there's some narcissism going on in pretty much every cult leader right yeah yeah and talking about like banging everyone's wives i mean you know we we know some people like that oh, don't retire uh, <laughs> it's 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 a slippery slope to go down. You gotta be careful, and uh, you gotta be careful. Mm. And and I and I think it's important to to like point that out to people when they're doing it before they get into the world of cult leading. Mm. Yeah. Well, what Scary do you want to what do you want what do you want to say about that, buddy? Don't start uh, a cult or don't get into yeah. a cult. Don't. Yeah. If you have the tendency to be a cult leader, don't do it. Well. That shit's pathetic. Hey, when this anti-lying technology comes out and we can know what cult leaders are apt actually thinking in the back of their minds and we're reading their minds, then maybe people won't join the cult. There you go. That's true. That's true. I don't think <clears> we need <throat> mind-reading technology for that, though. Just don't join any cults. How about yeah, that? that that's smart. All right, let's jump over to... Okay, finish up. Matt Rife, hilarious guy, super sweet um good podcast i wish they'd gone on a bit longer they kind of cut it off maybe yeah. they had some shit to do it was only like two hours but hopefully he'll be back on and i'm curious to see how his career progresses and and he seems genuinely like a good dude right? absolutely we're not gonna you know I, I doubt we're gonna find out in a couple of years that he's like crystalliated a bunch of girls and done any weird stuff he seems no he, he seems, seems like on a good the dude. up and up seems like a good yeah. dude he seems to Jump be a caring, to caring guy, but I, I will say, watch some of his crowd work because I went on YouTube before this pod and watched some of his stuff because I wasn't super familiar with him and I was laughing my ass off. He, he's funny. oh, dude, he's funny. He's a funny, he's funny dude. as hell, man. So check him out. He's got some great videos. Um, yeah, jumping over to another good comedian, Brian Simpson. Brian, Brian obviously is good friends with Rogan. He's been um, <clears throat> at the Comedy Mothership for some time. 
Uh, I got to see him perform there, which was awesome. He was brilliant. It's the first time I'd seen him live, and he is very, very good. Yeah, smart dude. He has dude. a cool style. He comes out pretty chill. He really like controls the energy. Like he doesn't mind waiting a little bit to kind of build up to something here, like get into a story. And he's not out there to kind of like break the ice, right? A lot of comedians will like to get out, get a punchline immediately. Yeah. Just to feel comfortable and then go. Brian is, is, yeah, he's, he's a professional comedian yeah. for sure. Well, he's himself. And man. He, he, he's, yeah, he's not he trying always. to be a fake guy. He is just himself wholeheartedly. He, he just seems like a very genuine dude. He, he doesn't want to please everyone or be everything to everyone. He, and he said it right at the beginning. Just don't be fake. Don't yeah. be fake, man. Why are you trying to be yeah. fake? He he has a good grasp on his like moral compass, I think. Totally. And what what it means, you know, what how he wants to be in the world and he's not about uh compromising with it. He's like this is what I am and I believe that <clears throat> it's good. He's also super curious. They got into all kinds of different things. Oh, I, buddy. I liked his thinking on it. Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about Beyonce's show, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, Marlon Brando going crazy. Uh, <laughs> I loved his I love his bit about how black people always say some cool shit like ten years before everybody else, and then the black oh, yeah. and then their black parents ruin it for them, but then it doesn't even get to the white people for another ten years, and then and then they think it's cool like saying cap. He's like, dude, black people have been saying cap for twenty years now. You guys, all you white motherfuckers, just ruined it. <laughs> he's like we stopped it's like when that's... all your friends it's like when all your friends start listening to nirvana yeah. but back in like 94 you were the only one that had a mixtape for mm. a while and then you get annoyed you're like mm. oh again too popular i can't i can't be a part of this anymore yeah yeah he has he has a great knack for like turning turning just any story into something very funny and even with like he's not super joke 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 all the time on rogan's podcast no but you can see the thought process you know he takes something that he like is observed that he thinks is important and he just slowly start unwinding it into like why it's silly or like how it's perceived and, and it's it's definitely his like joke writing brain you can you can kind of watch his ideas like by the end of a lot of what he said i'm like oh he could definitely make a bit out of that he can make something funny out of like what he just went. Well, he's sure. he's really smart. Oh, for you sure. You could just you could just tell. I mean, the the conversation flowed smoothly. He, you know, he has a lot going on in his head, and I feel like he's always um, not overthinking, but he's choosing wisely what he says. You know, he he, he's he takes a minute. Thoughtful. Yeah, he takes a minute to to respond. Um, what do you think about this whole? you know, depression being in your genes and, uh, you know, anorexia being in your genes, 80% of anorexics or that, that's a gene problem, right? Mm. You're more likely to get it. I mean, they, straight up, they were like 80%. And I did think it was funny. There's no body positivity movement for an anorexia. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like people are like, oh, it's okay. They just look like a skeleton. Yeah, not to laugh at that. Well, I'm sorry. I know it's a it's a it's an issue. It's obviously a huge a huge yeah. issue. Yeah. Well, we're just pointing out like the absurdity of any type of response to something, right? Um, you know what what is interesting about and unfortunate as well about anorexia is 
it's the most dangerous mental disorder. Mm. Believe it or not. Yeah, it kills kills more result. people. Kills more people, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I mean, you can be as schizophrenic as you can imagine. Yeah. And it's, you know, less likely to uh, result in your death. It's like you can be real crazy. And, but sadly, that one, because you're restricting just some of the most important stuff that you got to put in your body, right? Apart from breathing, it's just food. Mm. And yeah, they just starve themselves. It's sad. It's sad. It is sad. All right. And then we, we move on to the Electoral College. Uh, you know, it is a little crazy, again, that, that Mr. Trump beat Hillary, even though she had three million more votes. That was something that Brian, I couldn't really, it, it seemed like he was for the Electoral College, and I get it. I get that, you know, it has to be set up that way. The gerrymandering, they didn't talk about. I wish they would have talked more about gerrymandering, because I think that screws up the Electoral College, which is why... I'm more for on the side of popular vote, but you know, I'm I'm glad they didn't get too much into politics. But you could tell that that Brian, I feel like he he knew his stance on the electoral college very quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. The cloud seeding in Abu Dhabi, I forgot that they're doing that, dude. Making it rain once a week. Oh, they've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, totally forgot. Yeah, about what do they that. use? Like silver. Some sort of oh no, not silver. It's, it's an like it's aluminum. some sort of iodine or aluminum cloud seeding. Yeah, that make, yeah creates more water pot- particles in the air when you drop it. Or makes them stick together. I think. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's like wild, dude. Um, and what about? But this... it makes you think, like, hey, we like then do you breathe in all the fucking aluminum? That doesn't sound. Of good. course, of course, you do. It's some sort of silver, like. Iodine. I don't even know. It's not good for you. Oh, let's you. look it up. We're, we're sounding so stupid. It's right not now. good for you, but you know they they talk about the cloud seeding. They go into this Eric Heckler guy, who is now saying that there's some sort of de- death ray underground. Oh, you're right. Silver. Pole. Sorry, silver iodide. Silver iodide. Thank you. I was correct. That's what they use. People. All right. Use what silver. up? Oh yeah, the death. Like what? What was that? So he's saying that it's there was a South Pole direct energy weapon. What he's saying, kilometer wide, kilometer deep, kilometer tall. Wait, I tall wide. Believe, dude. I I don't know either. It's a big squ- it's a big square. I think <laughs> it's a cube. Big, it's a big it's cube. A big cube. <laughs> it's cubey. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what to think. I mean, <clears throat> I took some notes to 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 go back and and try to figure out what this guy is talking about a neutrino detector array huh yeah and he said that it caused the earthquakes in new zealand it's like wait what i don't know man i I don't know what to believe anymore i mean rogan had a good (laughs) uh, had a good point if that was actually going on you would want some dude like this who seems completely crazy to come out and talk about it because then you can just think that then people just think that some crazy guy talking about it and you forget that it could actually be a real thing because some crazy dude started talking about it and it just makes it seem silly so i don't know yeah i mean that's it that's potentially a good cover-up uh scenario that you could put into place you know bit of damage control just have some people that seem wacko saying some crazy shit yeah you know i do struggle with the idea like that that seems like such a powerful capability that's like kind of out of the scope of 
what it's likely that we're capable of doing. And then is just it? to have is this it guy, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, causing earthquakes seems like a difficult thing to be able to do. Okay. And I like, mean, we can make it rain. We can make it rain, dude. True. <laughs> and not an just dollar bills. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> Gotta love it. What about yeah, the... I mean, uh, may- okay, maybe, but... Yeah. Look, again, I personally believe that we can do a lot more things than we are letting people, you know, we're, we're capable of much more than we lead on, right? We, we don't want people to know the capabilities we have, but then I look at, you know, some of these older conversations we've, we've had plenty of times with Rogan, where is our government really smart enough to keep this kind of stuff hidden? And I don't think they are. So you would think there would be more people coming out and talking about it if it was actually true. So there's that as well. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good, uh, you know, or kind and like generous and people loving your government is. If a different government makes a machine that can make volcanoes explode, you can guarantee we're going to be trying to invent the same thing Mm. because Mm -hmm. potentially we can't afford to not have the weapons other people have, no matter what the weapon is. We got to have it. Got to have it. Yeah. What did you What did you think towards the end there? Brian was talking about being homeless. I did not know that. Clearly, he was struggling there for a bit. I did like, dude, stand up comedy, bro. Yeah. Like almost everyone that starts out at some point goes through a period where they're like living in that car. True. But I loved I loved the fact that he said when his when his father dropped him off. Because right, he used to be in the military, or was it the army? Yep, yep. No, he was in the Marines, I think. Okay, so when his dad drops him off and and says something like, I'll see you in a week, you know, like you're never going to make it through there. How spite, right? Out of spite, he, he got through it. It was like that comment from his father got him through, you know, probably the hardest few weeks of his life or month or however long. It was. Sometimes it doesn't matter where you get your motivation from. But right? spite is a to good think- one. Well, I heard this story once of this guy that crashed in the desert. I think he crashed in like a little plane. Okay. And he was like stuck in the desert, you know, Ooh. just like it was somewhere, I think, in the U.S. So it was like Joshua Tree, you know, it wasn't like the Sahara. But he recently got or started the, the divorce with his wife that cheated on him. This had just and happened he, when he crashed the plane? No, this, was, this is a long time. Yeah, I mean, the events had, but uh, the story is from a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And but the divorce hadn't finalized, and if he didn't make it out of the desert, and if he had died, his wife would have got everything. Oh, yeah. So he was because <laughs> like somebody was asking him, like a reporter was like, "How did you make it? That's like, six days without water and any like, how did you find the energy to push through?" And he's like, "I fucking hate her." Mm. And she was not getting everything. So spiteful. And it was like so spiteful. But mm. you know, maybe. If he had done it all with love, right? Maybe if it was like, I love my family, I've got to get back. I mean, at the end of the day, you want the most motivation. I tell you like, what, I if, don't... if he said, I love my family, and I and uh, that, that wouldn't have got him out of the desert. He would have died in peace right, right there in the <laughs> desert. He would have gone straight to, the, to, the, to his next life, and he probably would have died... Still died a happy man out of love, right? But he wouldn't yeah, have made he's it like, out of the desert. They're gonna be fine, and I yeah. just cannot get the energy. <laughs> yeah. and everything's like gonna be okay. Day, 
each day he's like obsessed with the thought of his wife driving his like 69 camaro that oh. was in the garage with a new boyfriend and he's oh, like that's yeah. not gonna happen oh that'll that's get you the happening. fuck out of the desert dude <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm. i want to about- i want to end i want to end on uh the oliver anthony bit okay so they open up listening to one of oliver's songs obviously so oliver recently actually performed at the comedy mothership damn it i would have done i would have paid a lot of money to have been there that night so cool what a what an amazing thing and just them talking about like how down to earth he is you know how real he is how he went from you know this problem where he was unmotivated smoking too much weed he kind of gave his life over to something like a higher power um and then all of a sudden becomes literally one of the most famous artists in the world or at least for overnight overnight dude and and what we've heard a few times and kind of rogan's alluded to but he hasn't really gone into it is just like the the mentorship that he's given him he's like don't fucking sign anything you're talented chill out wait yeah ride the wave like you have talent this is going to be okay it's in a lot of ways, something that Rogan talks about a lot, obviously he saw it with Chappelle and Comedy Central, kind of taking over, wrecking him, overproduced shows, you know, um, he, Rogan's success in so many ways is just that he did it his way without all this interference and people telling him what to do. Um, it, it takes a lot of bravery to go down that avenue, especially when someone's waving a check of $8 million in front of your mm. face or whatever it is. And I think it's good advice. I think more people could get a lot out of listening to something like that, right? Absolutely. It's like often, yeah, often it, the deal sounds good. And it's like, oh, maybe I'll never get it again. And But they, these guys are prey, like they're, they're predators. And they're freaking coming at you, right? They make the deal sound good, but it's, it's they're just trying to capitalize on you as soon as possible. And... and Ultimately, they, you know, these like producer type people, agents, whatever, they will change what you're doing if they think that it's going to be a headache for them or not make them more money. And that's not how that's not what his music's about. And and I just think it adds a lot of integrity to who he is and just makes me more of a fan for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what what ends up uh, happening. I do just keep making music. He doesn't seem like uh-huh. the type of guy that money even matters. I mean, he's clearly, he's got to be making money just off of those downloads. I mean, you make money off of downloads, do you not? Yeah, for sure. So he's I probably mean, let's, doing let's okay. Let's look him up right now. I just, I wanted to end it with this Steven Seagal reggae song. <laughs> for, if we're talking yes. about musicians, I didn't hear it. Yes. I, apparently, Brian had it in his head all day. He was very upset about it. So. You know, maybe we start off with an Oliver Anthony song and then we go to the Steven Seagal reggae classic that I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah. But great couple of Steven Seagal, dude. What a what a ridiculous human. But great couple of pods. I we we should mention uh uh what was the pool guy's name, the professional pool player, Jeremy Oh yeah, he was on sorry, I meant to get to him. Jeremy Jones. Jeremy Jones. Yeah, he did. The Jeremy Jones part, it's like if you're like curious about Paul, interested yeah. in it, or like want to know a lot about the kind of lifestyle that surrounds like 
pool world and moving up and the gambling portion. I mean, Joe talks about it often. If you're into that, there was there was a lot of good information in there, but it was very pool focused. Yeah. And yeah. very specific. So I, I enjoyed it. I thought the guy sounded awesome. He sounded like a cool dude. Absolutely. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. Definitely a smart guy. The be- the yeah. best part about that pod, I I thought was when he talked about going to Cleveland and playing these games and going to going to w- with one of his buddies, it was a black guy, and he went into some of these older pool bars where there's like all black people there and he's like the only white dude, but it it they had these gambling, you know, signs up that said no recreational games, right? So that basically a sign that says gambling only in a nice way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. can't you can't bring your girlfriends in. You there's no dates allowed. It's like if you step into this pool hall, you're put throwing money on the table. That that was a really yeah, yeah. cool it's story. A, it's like me and you can't go in there just drunk when we <laughs> play some pool. No, absolutely like, not. You better you better have some dollar bills and be yeah. prepared to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was some cool. Good stuff. That's there was some that's good a old wild stories. life, dude. Yeah. It's a wild life to live. But yeah, definitely worth it. And check that one out if you're interested. Um, yeah, guys, that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening, Todd. Great stuff. And take it easy. We'll speak to you next week. All right. Peace out, everybody. Thank you.